Hey everybody, welcome to the 95th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And today we are joined by our very special guest, Ashley Levine of the band Thin. Thank you so much for joining us, Ashley. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. Having me. <laughs> Have I smoked yeah, yesterday? Damn, not even. <laughs> well, you better get on that. I know. By the, by the time you're done with us, you're going to feel like you smoked anyways. So <laughs> I'm, I'm already getting There's a, a lot of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> So um, before we get started, just a quick reminder, if you want to get some cool exclusive benefits, please go check out our Patreon, where you can get access to our exclusive Discord and livecast, which we do every other Sunday, generally. So the first band we're going to talk about is Dot Gift From God, henceforth referred to as Gift From God, because I'm not going to say the dot every time. And Gift From God are a six-piece mathcore screamo band from Richmond, Virginia. And they just dropped their new EP, Digital Red, on March 3rd via Prosthetic Records. And just to talk about the band's sounds, I think this is one of the best bands in this vein that's pushing this combination of, like, mathcore, metalcore, and screamo forward, basically. I mean, it's, I mean, just, it's chaotic screamo. It's just absurd. Just, it's everywhere. It's continuously falling apart, you know? From track one, it's just falling apart in your hands, basically, you know? I yeah, like, it's uh, it's that it's a uh, almost the the tracks are just continuous breakdowns, you know. Yeah, for sure. They I think they've gotten even more breakdown centric, and mm-hmm. just it, it really does harken back to the days of MySpace, but still kind of like remains at least somewhat forward thinking again. Mm-hmm. I did notice uh, on this with the whole dot gift from God uh, on the album cover, it actually has dot so it's just like okay I'm, it is intentional they want you to say dot gift from god oh, right yeah. I, I think that they're sort of reinforcing that branding this time around mm-hmm. and you know even though this isn't actually I mean, it's just an ep it's a pretty substantial one with some good pacing they've like added a little um kind of like a pulsing electronic breather youth medium child psychic which <laughs> That song title sends me every time. That is so funny. I thought the titles were great. Uh, Meat Man, Meat Man. You know, shit like that. It's amazing. (laughs) The the Um, Simpsons reference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Even though this is an EP, again, I feel like there's some good attention to pacing. Like, I guess it's also been like three years since Approximation of a Human. So I I, I think it's been a while. Yeah. I think it was a good move to sort of maybe add a little bit more. I don't want to say padding, but add a bit more substance to this release. Is this one on prosthetic as well? Or did they move? Really? Wow. Okay. Yes. Um, I got to say, uh, overall, it's I love that they don't have much. filler for this ep i'm glad there's no just noise tracks uh, just the one just like there's a... the no I, yeah it's i feel like it complements just like uh last uh, episode with see you next tuesday i feel like it just kind of uh em- embellishes a little bit the next track um but ultimately dude it's uh it's really good it's very consistent i do want to say I, even though there's the highs and lows um there's something about the vocals of dot gift from god that um i sometimes feel is a little um I guess it's uh, they don't have the the vocals themselves don't have a lot of a uh, character like a how do I say this they're not distinct um, <laughs> lacking like, character yeah lacking character like uh, I I feel like if these two vocalists left and they just filled up somebody else I would not notice at all um, I just I don't feel like there's uh, they're not it's not a sep- like a single person like uh, with like even like with your band Ashley when I hear it, hear it, I hear you, you know, you have a distinct vocal, you know, even with your screams and your lows and everything. So that's what I'm kind of saying. I just, um, I just, at some, at, at some point I just, it's just chaotic scream out. Just like well, everybody's you know, screaming. I, and it's just, I don't know. I think what's probably playing a part of that is the production 
because it's like the production mm. is definitely not as good on this EP. It's a little muddied at times, you know? It's definitely a bit gainy. There's a lot of like gain on the vocals, and I think that maybe is sort of obscuring the vocals a bit. It's, yeah, was, it's definitely a rough production, for sure. I know I sounded like a broken record there. I was just trying to fish for words that didn't make it sound bad but i just yeah i don't know no I, for sure like i like i and i'm i love just the i love dual vocals i've said this like since episode one like i'm a huge fan of dual vocal especially when it comes to more like chaotic screamo chaotic metalcore kind of shit like this um i i love a band like this where from start to finish it is just a breakdown that is just falling apart in front of you like everything is just disintegrating ascent from track one to the end i i'm a big fan of that but yeah just there's and that's i like that that's an that's an apt description for like their kind of style of breakdown falling apart quote unquote i mean i i expect if I was to see Doc Gift from God, I'm pretty sure from the start, like the first track that they start with, I'm pretty sure everybody's on the ground rolling around and shit. You know, it's just that kind of energy. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I've I've played with them, seen them live. They're they're awesome. They're, it's a great show. This this EP kind of gives some of that live energy feel. It almost kind of sounds like mm-hmm. a live recording in some of those ways. And uh, so, yes. I mean, it is rough, but it also gives you a, a good idea of what you might, you know. You might, you know, hear when you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you go to see them, and uh, and I love that. I love that snare, and I think also, homie's snare sounds like that live too. So yeah, I mean, they really captured that kind of like sound and energy. So I thought it was pretty amazing. Sick. Having a consistent live sound with your record is super important, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah, big, I mean, the big the big thing with these guys live, I I would really hope that I could distinguish track by track, and it just wouldn't be a a, a wall of breakdown you know, for like 20 minutes, you know, which I'm okay with, but I just sometimes like to have a, you know, a little more character, you know, you know, I can definitely tell the difference between the two vocalists, but I've, I've watched a lot of live footage of the the band to be fair. And Mitchie, Mm -hmm. I think does, I forget their names, forgive me, but I know one vocalist does kind of like more of the lows and the other one does a bit more of like the shrieking highs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're gonna yeah. have, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have two vocalists, I, I, I like. You that want approach. something really, really distinct, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do like that there is a high and a low. It's not too just mid range because right. I get a little confused when I'm like, well, why are the, why is there two of you? Right. That kind That's of thing. Point. But totally. this, and you even see it's um with what I like about the the dual vocals uh with Dot Get from God, they they go back to back. They are they go individually and then they do kind of layer over each other at times, which I really like. And then they're they both just are on top of each other sometimes as well. So I do like the dynamic that they have. They do everything. And it's you know, it's good. And and that way they're definitely replicating their live sound for sure, because there's not a bunch of vocal layering happening in the studio that isn't mm-hmm. sort of happening live as well. They don't need to like do a low and a high and then stack them like the Frankie Palmieri method, basically all vocals are low and high stacked at yeah, all times. Yeah. You don't gotta, yeah, you, you, you naturally can just Jeez. get to beef up your vocals. Ugh, I can't believe I just cited a Muir on our podcast. I used the first time. I think that is, it's probably the first Frankie Palmieri reference ever. So good for you, bud. Uh, is that like, is it really, is, is it really the first one? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, we, I mean, we, we talked about it here. We maybe have uh, scorned them once or twice, but maybe, yeah, yeah. But never in like a very like critical analysis What's sort wrong? of situation. I don't know, man. He dropped he dropped his cappuccino when he walked in my door. So this has been an off day for this motherfucker already. So who knows? <laughs> Usually got a death grip on that motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, uh, I I I got nothing else to say. Um, I wanna I do want to end uh, with just saying probably Dream Features is going to be my favorite track, and that's just because it's the ender and it's just you know a, a fucking breakdown. It's great. 
I was a bit skeptical when they dropped that first single. I got to say, I, I don't think that that was the strongest foot to lead with, but I, I really love every other track on the CP. And in terms of like picking a favorite, I had sort of a difficult time because I feel like they're all bringing yeah. pretty consistent energy with the exception of uh, the, the interlude. But for obvious reasons, you know, it's a, d- a different vibe entirely. So. But I think that the opener track, Knife Goes In, Guts Come Out, is is the strongest. <laughs> great song title. It's so good. And oh, I, I think it's the strongest showing personally Shit. on this EP. <laughs> it's so good. Like, I, I got to give it to him. Like, I think this material ultimately rivals the material on Approximation of a Human. Like, it's pretty fucking good, man. I agree. Like, I, f- I feel like that album could have been shortened a little bit, you know, with said fillers and things like that, you know? Uh, there was like three... F- yeah like patter tracks if you will yeah 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 uh yeah uh also uh, a kiss uh, a kiss for every hornet was another uh really uh, good one that stuck out to me see that was the one that i didn't feel was like the, the strong strangle to lead a uh, single to lead with wow single yeah, it, to lead with that rather. was a single yeah but it does have some some good moments in the back end and i like the, the piano outro as well mm. uh knife goes in was my my favorite cool nice yeah i think we'll give him that one then <laughs> Hell yeah. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Knife Goes In, Guts Come Out, which is track one from Digital Red, which is Dot Gift from God's new EP that came out on March 3rd via Prosthetic Records. Here we go. So yeah, that was Knife Goes In, Guts Come Out, which is Gift From God's new song off their new EP, Digital Red, that came out back on March 3rd. 
Hell Definitely yeah. my favorite release of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Love that snare. Yep. Again, production is probably going to be like the most obvious complaint for most people on this release, but it did not hold mm-hmm. my hold my enjoyment back. Same. So next, we're going to talk about Embraglio. And Embraglio are a tech grind sludge outfit from Dayton, Ohio. And they just released their new LP, Dissociate, on February 10th. Mm-hmm. And originally, this project started out as a trio, uh, but now it is just a solo project by founding member and guitarist and vocalist Daryl J. Gilbert Jr. And I, w- I would say that their sound is primarily built around like grindcore aesthetics, but there is also a lot of elements of mathcore, uh, given some of like the more dissonance and technical and like heavy passages. There are some lengthier tracks on this one for sure. And sludgier elements given what you're describing. I mean, there's a lot more like slow, methodical kind of atmospheric parts too. I got nightmare vibes. I I put that in my notes too. Yeah. um, Yeah, it was was thick, low and slow. I I enjoyed this uh, for that reason. And I I did not know it was a solo now. Um, Holy shit. So like, yeah, kudos to Daryl for handling a massive fairly lengthy and ambitious album that is just a solo project you know there's an overarching like lyrical theme as well yeah the lyrical theme i'm pretty sure it's uh, a lot of it's like him dealing with uh, uh just you know 2020 in general isolation isolation yeah. yeah i mean that is an ongoing thing i mean this is probably the fifth or sixth album that we've covered in the last year that is that that is the ongoing theme or a reason why they came uh, a said band came back or you know a project mm people just had a lot of time on their hands to create <laughs> yep i feel like even like these comebacks that we're seeing even like see you next tuesday and stuff i'm pretty sure a lot of this was everybody in 2020 kind of kicking some shit around you know i think so yep and just given the time to sort of like go back and explore all these genres that people have sort of been recently revisiting mm-hmm. have a lot of time to listen to music apparently i really liked deviation of sanity and deliquesce I'm, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. The scronky and metallic guitars on that one in particular are really fucking good. I really enjoyed uh, the track uh, Exasperate. I know it's the opener, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one, one of the shorter ones and it just kicks down the fucking door for the album. Uh, so I, I did like the, the shorter track for that reason. Um, of which there are a few. I mean, like every track is like five minutes. Six. We're, there are some lengthier six ones clocking in there. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a nice little ride, you know, especially with the, the kind of slow and low approach. Um, uh, I don't think it's, you really can tear this one tr- apart track by track. I do feel it's kind of like a nice ride for full album. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's definitely like more lengthy, but every track has got something like good and stand out about it for sure. Mm-hmm. Contemporary Solidarity and Sturm und Drang really provided some nice sludgy moments, both super abrasive, slow, lumbering, almost bordering on industrial at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I, it, it kind of reminded me of a primitive man in the way of just like how dense, oppressive and like mechanical and instru- like the instrumentation, excuse me, the instrumentation is. Sorry, I'm like hearing hold myself it, in the background, so it's tripping me the fuck out. Yo, here, wait. I like the acoustic outro as well, too. Like... Mm-hmm. Nice little palate cleanser. I think you deserve that after uh, the long ride, you know? <laughs> that palate cleanser. I'm a fan. <laughs> Even though it does sample, like, the very saddest moment of SLC Punk. <laughs> uh, Ashley, did you have uh, any tracks that kind of stood out to you? 
Uh, nothing. I mean, you know, I, I think they start off strong with exasperate. I don't. I don't. I don't think anything in particular after that. I, I agree with you, Levi. Or, that it's kind of like a a whole album kind of experience, uh, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, yeah. That yeah, being said, know, this I, isn't. Yeah. Go ahead, Ashley, please. No, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it's definitely not like a passive listen. You can't just like throw on some embrolio and chill. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Do some homework. You know. <laughs> yeah, you kind of just are sort of enveloped by it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I was, I was trying to get like dishes done or something. I was just like, oh, yeah. It was, it's very immersive. Um, good drumming, which is it's it's programmed too, so it's like very convincing. Word. Oh, really? Okay. Damn. Yeah. Really I'm, I'm fairly certain it's programmed. Get back to us. Yeah, let us let us know, Daryl. If you guys don't mind, I think "Deviation of Sanity" is the podcast song, quote unquote, because it's got like the most mathcore elements. Boom. So we're going to go ahead and give you Deviation of Sanity, which is track two from Dissociate, which is Imbroglio's new album that came out back on February 10th. Here we go.
Um, oh, yeah. Yo, uh, that track was a good choice. Um, I'm Thank glad you. we didn't do the opener because, you know, everybody can go listen to the opener pretty easily. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I love what he's, like, bringing with that blend of, like, kind of, like, ion dissonance mm-hmm. and Gaza and uh, a bit of, like, Black Sheep Wall. It's, like, this perfect combination of mathcore and sludge. Black and Sheep core. Wall. I see where that, like, especially, like, the, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Here's a very OG comparison for you. Clinging to the trees of a forest fire. I feel like definitely a very similar tip to what Ethan was doing back in, like, 2007. You, yeah, you already dropped Primitive Man, so it's another yeah. Ethan, so... <laughs> We talk about Ethan a lot on this podcast. We love Ethan. We do. I can so also hear maybe even a little fondlings in there. Oh, <laughs> one very, very apt modern comparison for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's like so obvious, but I don't even know why I didn't say that. They're channeling the same influences. It, it just occurred to me right now. Love it. Thank you, oh. Ashley. Hell yeah. Big dog in it. Levi used to say that shit to me all the time. It's like it's so condescending, but at the same time, it's funny. So you can't like be mad at him. Yeah, you you were you were big dog. You're big dog in it. Everything. Yeah, I, I like, like it. it. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm big dog in it. I'm fucking big dog in it. Yep, you got it. <laughs> and then he runs into his room and shuts the door. Yeah, that's good for the rest of the day. It's kind of uh, yeah. It's like he just dissed me and then ran away. <laughs> that was a drive-by. Well, gotta go. In my own home. <laughs> so aggressive. All right. Uh, so next, we're going to give you some news and new releases from the month of February. So most excitingly, Botch have announced a small U.S. tour and have since added some additional dates in New York and Atlanta. So yeah, if I can put your foot in your goddamn mouth because they're touring. How many years Unreal. have the com- has the community been wishing and we've all- been nagging old Brian Cook for a good <laughs> a good decade or so. I, I think I think when when Sergeant House came out with the with you know the news, and we're like, yeah, yeah, and it was just like, nah, they're, we're just pressing old shit, and we're like, what the motherfucking shit? I think that after was a that, table flip moment. Yeah, Botch was like, we better play sooner. People are gonna start killing us. Like it was, I think uh, <laughs> they must have gotten some threats or something because I feel like that Show last. Brian Cook's house. Oh yeah, people must have. You know. Well, what it was is the money was finally right. Probably, I mean, with the the vinyl reissue and then just a very well sold tour. I'm sure that now it's like, okay, now now we actually believe you. Mm-hmm. Well, when we burnt the pentagram in his front yard, I thought he was really going to get the picture at that point, you know, but it, you know, whatever. Apparently not. I'll, took deer heads. The deer heads, too? Yeah. yeah, you didn't get it. Yeah, whatever. So, um, yeah, Borch. <laughs> Coming to a, a town near you or probably not because they're not hitting any of the Midwest. <laughs> Sorry, Midwest. I felt really bad, but hey, we, uh, Christian and I, we got our West Coast tickets, so we're still. But hey, them's the brakes, kid. <laughs> going to Jersey. Yeah. I mean, make a get in your fucking car, or you know, I want to say oh, buy an airplane this is, ticket. That's, this is like the last. This is like the last Dillinger show. People are gonna fly in for these yeah, shows. You, you should know? be flying in for this. Yep. If if you're gonna fly in for anything, so Jerome's dream, a bit more on the screamo Jason side here, but they've just announced their new album, The Gray in Between, which is out May fifth via Iodine Recordings, and I'm loving the first taste. It Hell is yeah. fucking awesome. They, uh, I'm extremely stoked that Jared is like going back to uh, just screaming, actually. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing the the Jerome's Dream presents talk through a megaphone kind of thing. Uh, 
and even even back then I was like, God, what, what the fuck? They're like, it seems like you're just kind of phoning it in. But yeah, really stoked for the, the really strong vocals and stuff. So I actually ran into him at the post office the other day and he was definitely like, he's like, just wait for the rest of the album. He's like, that was just a teaser. So I'm really excited. Levi what? just like verbal diarrhea all over him, I'm sure. Dude, I've been seeing him in the post office for probably a few months every time i'm in there like mailing cliff parade records he's in there mailing like jerome's dream stuff and then finally the other day i just like and took on his jacket i am five i'm I'm five seven and i want to say that man is i'm I'm gonna make it up but he he feels like he's six four at least seven feet tall motherfucker probably ducked into walking in the post office but i just like i just tapped on him and just tugged on him and just like basically looked up at him and and gushed at him so it felt good (laughs) excuse me sir may i have a scram it was it was great dude (laughs) It was like after like the sixth time I've seen I've seen him I'm like all right that's it I gotta talk to him I gotta do it. So yeah, we we love Jerome Stream on this podcast. Some other exciting news: Glass Casket has reunited Dusty Waring and Blake Richardson of BT Bam's old band, um, reforming for a new album that is slated to be released via Silent Pendulum Records later this year. God, what year is this? This is ridiculous. It's 2008 all over again, bro. Fuck, they're actually even older than that. They're like 2005 yeah, yeah, even? Oh, yeah, buddy boy. We're talking like like even 2000, before. you know. It was before that even. Yeah, God. so. Yeah. A bit more on the emo math rock side, but Forests have just announced a full U.S. tour in April and May, and I am so fucking excited. I, I fucking love this band so much. Really, really excited to sing along. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know how they made this work, but I'm excited. Who do you, I mean, how do you, how do you think they actually put this together? You better ask Daryl that. <laughs> it's crazy. It's no small feat. Speaking of tours, the Sound and Ends Creation have just announced a full U.S. tour with support from <gasps> Thought Crime, Blind Equation, The Central, The Cheeseburger, Picnic, which is their first live show, The Idiot Flesh, Serling, Sunflower, Zombie Shark, Terracell, Cloud Funeral, Circuit Circuit, Lachance, The Arts Inquire, and Night Inn at Tiananmen's. Yeah. Dude, The Cheeseburger Picnic Very is digging. Ridiculous. Kudos, Maya. Really fucking stoked to see that. I wonder how that's going to turn out. I feel like Chris is really bringing that thing, that math cast has always requested and being like or play one critique it's like man i know you're you're your solo project but sure would be nice to see you play a show i bet you could do it and sure enough fucking chris pulls it off and i think that's a, an inspiration for a lot of the solo projects like that yeah i cannot tell you how much it diminishes my interest knowing that there's no live performance behind or a just, solo project album you or know? like you're enjoying a track and you just know in your heart there will never be a live thing you know it's just like eh. it takes away a little bit of the the what if you know side right. of yeah like, I really wish Methwitch would be a live thing. Hopefully seeing Chris. and I mean, Putrid Pile's been doing it forever, so. So Death Goals have just announced a new album, A Garden of Dead Flowers, which is also out May 5th via Prosthetic Records. And uh, it's a sassy hand clap injected single and new music video for the new single, Faux Macho, which is pretty, it's, it's an earwig, I gotta hand it to him. Mm-hmm. Steak Sauce Mustache, back on the tour subject, have just announced a April tour with Koenigsor and the Motion Mosaic. So lots of good fucking tours in, in 2023 here. This is a really exciting new release. Squid Pisser, featuring members of, well, the guy from Death Club, the guitarist of Death Club, have just announced their new debut LP via 31G and a couple ridiculously hyped singles along with it. Uh, My Tadpole Legion is out April 14th. Really loving this shit so far. Mm-hmm. That single with the guest vocalist is like so obnoxiously good with like the the, the squeaky high vocals. Yep. It's like 
like the goblin vocals, basically. I want to, uh, just on the note of 31G, I thought about uh, 31G yesterday randomly. Uh, I, I mean, rest in peace, Gabe, you know, uh, but I really mm. am, am um, curious to see, because you can already see Justin putting a lot more of his time in Def Club already. I feel and oh, just yeah. like so in the energy and stuff I'm really uh, interested to see like where Justin takes that large percentage of what he was doing and writing and focusing on you know and I know the locust wasn't like currently like writing new shit or anything like that but it's just I'm, I'm really curious to see what Justin uses how he uses that energy and puts it in a new better shit, that you know? than than dead crosses because that project is I'm just gonna say it it's a not good pastiche of oddly derivative influences from a, a group of people who were like so influential in their respective genres. I've said that before. I'm conjuring a quote up for myself, but I, I stand yeah. by that. Yeah. That album's not good. Yeah. It's just a, it's like, I love it's, it's one of those. What ifs like, what if we put this person, this, and I mean, the idea is great, but uh, it, yeah, I not, no track really sticks out to me much with dead crosses. So what else? What else? So uh, nightmare, Featuring members of War from a Harlot's Mouth, The Ocean, and successful write Apocalypse Across the Sky have just announced their new album, Deformity Adrift, which is out May 5th via Total Dissonance Worship, which is Simon's label. We'll be covering that one probably. Yes, I'm enjoying this immensely more than their previous stuff. Like when they first dropped their like debut material, I was really turned off. Like it was a really boring, kind of just run-of-the-mill disso death. We worked through it. Yeah, we were I'm, patient. We worked through it. I'm, I'm glad that they're finally coming through with some tracks which are just sounding a bit more aggressive and less lethargic. So Gracie have just released a new single, another new single for Save Face featuring Aaron Gillespie of Under Oath. Just like, wow, dude, one of the hardest working bands in the scene right now. I cannot believe how much fucking music they put out. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking busy, man. And last, new single from El Jesus, Heavy Hardcore, Mathcore, featuring the homie David of Feral Lux. Uh, I'm pretty sure David tried to lay Le Jesus to bed like a year ago, and apparently that didn't work, and now Le Jesus is coming back. So It's a good project. Yep. I like it quite a bit. It seems like Possession 1981 is quiet so yeah um uh i well i want to say that uh with with uh jesus they uh have that one uh track with stacy from beltway uh no one gets out alive i fucking love that track so much so yeah really excited for everybody to start making some more music rest in peace beltway mm-hmm. and uh just some quick new releases for you some stuff that came out in february that you should listen to distractions by see you next tuesday Prisoner uh, Seven Demons by Lotus Eater Machine. Mouthful. Congratulations by Eyes. Dusk by Thin. <clears throat> Ashley, oh, smiley emoji. <laughs> oh, whoa, okay. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Indo Cannibalissimo by Stormo, which we'll be talking about later in this podcast. Dopamine Dealer by American Standards. Eject Modernity, a race tradition by Madashin and Mikao. Also later in this podcast. Ichishu no Ka On. A Kind of Overtone by In Hom. Well done. Death Tripper Season by Death Tripper. And Fresh Nuggets by Van Tannero. Last two, a bit more cyber grind, but both so fucking hype. Uh, since we're not covering Van Tannero, we're going to do our math cast duty and always instruct you, if you don't know who Van Tannero is, fucking go look up Van Tannero and then you thank us later. Are you familiar, Ashley? I am not. They're kind of like this 
Give it to him in a nutshell. What describe what? It's a do. band playing out of a van. It's like Cybergrind hip hop out oh, of a van. But but the originators. Okay. You 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 see all these death metal bands playing out of like converted buses and stuff. Eh, 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 eh. Okay. These they, uh what Mathcore Index Fest 2018 uh, in Oakland. Nineteen. Y'all in, were talking in, about o- this on one of the last uh, episodes. I remember. Yeah, um, a van. I, tan- I, van- I think I, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I know the one, like the OG that you're talking about. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, it's been replicated. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're done yelling Wild. at you a lot of time. <laughs> we're sorry for that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so next, we're going to talk about Stormo. And Stormo are a four-piece post-hardcore band from Italy. And they just dropped their new album, Indo Cannibalissimo, on February 10th via Prosthetic Records. Although I would use the tag post-hardcore primarily, this record is a bit experimental. You could describe it as mathcore. You could describe it as uh, screamo as well in yep. a lot of a lot yep. of places. Yep. It's very screamo-leaning, actually. I, I was wanting to interrupt by Stormo more like screamo, but I, I just <laughs> but I said it anyways. I wasn't going to, but I did it, so... Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely the post-hardcore vibe I was getting mostly from this. Uh, I just to because y'all are talking to me, I kind of got, got like some crustiness from it. I don't know, maybe it's and maybe it's because of they're European or something. But it sounded I don't know, maybe the bass tone and the tuning. I got like I don't know, like his hero is gone. Maybe even some dystopia vibes. Maybe that was just me. But there's something about maybe their tuning and stuff. It's kind of crusty, in my opinion. Maybe the overall like songwriting. It's kind of like '90s reminiscent. So I see what you're getting at. Especially the, the "His Hero Is Gone" comparison. It's it's not like quite grindcore or power violence, but it's like an early progenitor. On that last album, they were way more kind of like converge spired, you know, just like hardcore basically. So they've really seen a big shift on this album. In fact, what I was noticing, the first half of this album is almost like way more in that postcard, post-hardcore screamo sort of vein. In fact, I think that the title track is probably the strongest showing here. Like, it doesn't, the album really doesn't start picking up until the second half for me. Maybe it's because the vocals are just so, like, one-dimensional. Yeah, that can be a bit fatiguing. Um, that's something I, I felt too. Um, but yeah, it definitely picks up as the tracks go along, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's just like the lack of delivery or the lack of variation in delivery. It's kind of like that that same mid attack the entire time. That was basically my biggest nagging complaint. I do want to say that there are um, tracks that I'm noticing. Yeah, a switch in you know the the it's style. Like two bands. Yeah, and that's, but there. Uh, I'm gonna say it. Um, there's not really one track that sticks out to me in this album, and I do. I could like go lazy and be like, oh, it's a it's a ride. Got to listen to the whole album. But I really just don't think there's um, just any of the tracks really grab me. I really did enjoy uh, Frame. I felt it was definitely focusing on a little bit more like the noise, noise rock kind of side. That Not- is noticeably where the album starts picking up is on Frame. Thank for you very sure. much. So yeah. 100% agree with um, you. Also, uh, Spire. Uh, it's got some pretty awesome uh, riffs, uh, some furious blasts. I feel like the blasts throughout this album uh, stick out to me mostly, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but out of what Stormo's done, I would take a, you know, the last release to jam versus what this is. Um, and I and I, I know you guys were talking about the the vocals and everything, but the vocals specifically, uh, <laughs> I, um, it's not like a it's a off time kind of thing, but I just feel like the vocals just really don't fit in uh, well with what they're writing i guess uh it's just something christian and i both were trying to really throw the dart and nail exactly what we were trying to point out but yeah it's just the vocals really don't mix well with the actual tracks so 
Yeah. yeah. Could be the mixing too. Like literally the mixing, but I don't know. I, I, it's, yeah, it's just the performances too, I think are just like not there on the first half of the album. It really is just like with frame, it's like a, just a complete fucking 180 in terms of energy. There's just way more energy, way more conviction, way stronger instrumentals. Like it's like they, they, they finally they're like more excited about the album that they're playing. It's like the first half of the album is, is a bit disingenuously screamo driven. If you were to choose a track, what track would you choose? I would choose the title track, Indo Cannibalissimo. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's either that or Frame. Yeah. Like, those are the strongest showings on this album and the only tracks that I really felt kind of stood out amongst the other ones. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the the first track is like compositionally sound, but the vocals drive me fucking crazy. I can't like listen (laughs) to the track for that reason. This is one just like the uh, Lotus Eater machine where I was like, something's not. And then your musical ear, your musician side was like, it's the drums. And then on this one, you're like, it's the vocals. I'm like, it is the fucking vocals, dude. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then now I can't think about anything else, you know? it's Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, once you have it pointed out to you, then it's really hard to to not notice it, I guess. Yeah. But if I, you like the vocals, then you're not going to have an issue with this album. It's yeah. just, for me personally. Yeah. But now that we've uh, just completely torn apart the vocal performance. You just got math cast. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and play for you Indo Cannibalissimo which is track one from the album of the same name. And that's uh, (laughs) Sarmo's new album that came out on February 10th. Album. Here we go. Yeah. 
that was Indo Cannibalissimo, which is track one from the album of the same name by Stormo, and that came out back in February. So next, we're going to talk about Suplex. And Suplex are a mathcore, post-hardcore quartet from Santa Rosa, California, featuring the homie Matt Baker of the Know Nothings, mm-hmm. which also has members in Half Slug, if you were curious. Santa Rosa is a small small town. (laughs) And they just dropped their debut EP, A Stage and Altar, on March 3rd. They're really like combining mathcore with a lot of like melodic post-hardcore and sort of like minor screamo influences that brings a really good balance of like chaotic and melodic. I would... I, I like where they're going. Um, I do feel the, the, the singing side of it is um, it's not good. Uh, I don't think it's very good singing. Uh, so for for me to have to digest the singing, it, like, it's de- it definitely ain't no fall from 50 feet, basically. Fall 50 feet, you know? So it's, uh, you know, it needs some work. Oh, um, the, the singing, the, the singer's register sometimes uh, gives me... Um, Base, you know, the band Bayside. I don't know. Sometimes the register, yes, you know, just to yes. get, just to give it, you know, maybe a more positive uh, spin. <laughs> but yeah, that, actually, I, I love vibes. I I love me some Bayside. Give me all that Bayside. Oh hell yeah! I will sort of echo what Levi was saying and say that the singing is not the strongest feature of what they're doing on this release. The melodic elements can definitely be lacking at times, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, especially on the closing track, they are particularly not well executed. I will say on the track Wallflower Suicide, though, is where they do actually shine on their melodic moments. That's my favorite track. It's, I mean, it's memorable. It's, it's yep. got some good hooks. I mean, the, the melodic portion of it is actually, uh, I would characterize it as more competent. I don't know how many bands out there have been named Suplex before, but I fucking love the name Suplex for a hardcore band. It's good. It's a it's a wrestling move and also a Final Fantasy reference, I assume. Yep. yep. Just like Ghost Train Suplex. They even managed to get Johnny of State Faults as a guest vocalist on Lock and Key as well. So a bit of a cosign. I really felt like they were channeling a lot of Every Time I Die on this release, though. Like, especially on the opening track. It's that, that multi-phase thing where they've got, like, a bit of technical flair. They've got a two-step. Mm. You know, some self-loathing lyrics. And then, like, a lot of, like, pull-off riffs sort of like really oversimplify what they're doing. <laughs> I was getting some uh the bled vibes too, a little bit. Good call. Yeah, that melodic kind of metalcore sound, very like driving. I do like where Salted Steps was going. I feel like they, it was a really good attempt of like a really emotive fucking ender, you know? Um I, I felt like kind of like almost like a Sunflower's ender, you know? Uh, I I, maybe I appreciate I that comparison. Going for, you know, in a way, uh but yeah. Once again, I feel like this, if the singing was just a little bit better, it would have like kept me there. But yeah, the vocals kind of took me out of it, just like Stormo. This would be Suplex and Stormo or two, where the vocals kind of took me out of the album. I really had to like work through that and kind of, I mean, kind of convince myself, like, no, no, just keep blasting it, and you know. Yeah, it's like the instrumentals are good, but it's like, yeah, some of the vocal performance is just like quite art there on the melodic portions, especially. And I, unfortunately, I do feel like the last track is where it was the weakest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the. I see what you're getting at with like the sort of ending with a, a sort of a more grandiose kind yes. of closer with a little more oomph. And yeah, definitely I would compare them readily to Sunflower as well on that note. I like that we're on that tip in general to not feeling obligated to just bring a, a huge, massive, chaotic ender where it's, it's just more like cathartic and potentially melodic or mm-hmm. just sort of has a bit more closure. 
One thing I did enjoy about the vocals and the lyrics, just to say something positive, is that there were a lot of subtle references to other bands and just like things in the scene, the thing, references that I readily understood. Like he makes a reference to Axe and Fall on Salted Steps, for example. Uh, he says, I think my shadow is an axe to fall. That's fucking rad. He also references the Know Nothings, his previous band. But yeah, I think that um, Don't Hold Your Breath is the track, though, person. No, actually, maybe The Friction of Existence. That's a bit more succinct. Let's go Friction. Yep. Maybe spare them some of the things that we were sort of giving critique to. <laughs> I mean, Wallflower Suicide, once again, that'd be the other one. You know, That would be the other one. Yeah, If, if you want to like hear the best executed melodic portions of this album, it's definitely on track two, Wallflower Suicide. Mm-hmm. Ashley, is there anything else you want to add here? Uh, no, no. I generally, I think I agree with what you guys are saying. Yeah, cool. yeah. Game on. Right on. So we're going to go ahead and play for you The Friction of Existence, which is track three from A Stage and Altar, and that came out on March 3rd by Suplex. Here we go. just logged out who was that <laughs> is that hunter fuck i'm sorry hunter are we, are we not interesting going to bucky's again god damn i'm great damn, damn. took that kid on tour with us for 16 days <laughs> that's right dude the flyers were so great oh i was god. really loving them yeah. wait was was hunter the one doing the the chat pile one and shit yes that's fucking yeah good. so it was crazy. We were uh, we were just we didn't have a lot of time in Oklahoma City, and we were just like getting a, some lunch or whatever. And it was just yeah, the, uh, our band and Hunter, and we were like, this area kind of looks like the chat pile like cover. And then out of the window, we could see the you know the whatever that is, the power station, whatever the hell. I was like, no way. So we just it was just such a wild co- you know coincidence. That's we fucking. Were, that's what we call serendipity. 
Hell, yes, exactly. Serendipity and so like we that's have so to get crazy. Photo. Um, I did this too. Um, I when I, I went to New York this summer and uh, I. I was talking to my uh, to my partner that uh, uh, that took me there, and I was talking about where John Lennon got shot, and I was like, God, if I could just fucking, I feel like I'm around the Dakota right now. I fucking, and she's like, the Dakota? She's like, uh, look to your left, and I'm literally standing right there, and it's literally where Lennon got shot. I'm like two feet from where Lennon got shot. I'm like, God, do you, I just like, and I had this feeling as I was walking by, I was like. I you jerked want. off right then and there. And yeah, it was a scene, dude. <laughs> Holy fuck, people were not happy, but yeah. I don't oh, know why man. I had to take uh, it there. I'm New, depraved. New York. I tell you. I need therapy. I'm sorry. It takes a But it's just crazy to have that feeling. You're like, I literally, just, what is going on? You have that energy. So it's pretty cool, man, that you got the chat pile vibe. Yeah, and especially because it's such, I don't know, I've never been to that part of the country or whatever and it's just like a very wide open and i'm just like i feel it feels like i'm dreaming and kind of surreal that i'm just like wait a minute yeah pretty sick amazing okay it's kind of a hellscape <laughs> yeah tons and tons <laughs> of dispensaries in oklahoma city oh like that's every good. damn corner we like that and if you Sell have a medical week. card from any state you can just buy there so all right so that was the friction of existence which is track three from a stage and altar which is suplex's new ep that came out on march 3rd So next, we're going to talk about Death Trippa. Death Trippa are a, is a cybergrind hip-hop project of Ian Moore from Wellington, New Zealand. And uh, the project actually features our good friend Otis Chamberlain of Infinite Hex on live drums, which is fitting considering he's like a fucking OG of cybergrind with ornithologist. Such a great mix. They just dropped their new EP, Death Trippa Season, on February 26th. And this is one of the most genre-defying projects I have heard to date, just combining elements of cybergrind, hip-hop, EDM, metalcore, mathcore. It's just so futuristic. This is like future music. The balance of all the genres, it's beautiful. I really think that this is a really unique release. Um, I really hope that uh, Death Trippa uh, continues and stays consistent with this because I really think uh, they got something special here. Uh, I really, there was times where I was just like, holy fuck, I can't believe nobody's thought about this yet. Or the, the inserts they use and just the... the putting the drum and bass together with the, it. And like just like the like the lyrics, the lyrics themselves, it's just calling out to the scene, you know? I mean, like tracks like Crowd Killer, it's just like, God damn it, this yeah. is amazing this is fucking there's there's like nods left and right to all cool internet stuff for lack of a better description <laughs> so along with along with otis being involved it's it's just mwah, well you know, to just be clear case. otis is not on the record but but he, the live drumming yeah, yes yes it does sort of put a bit of a cherry on top man could you imagine seeing that with live drumming too there's some great live footage of this project online right now so definitely go watch death trip alive if you're into some like hip-hop cyber grind now uh, also with Cybergrind and everything, we have the peer, we have the the addition of the Blind Equation on one of the tracks, which yes. I think is once again just like why not? I mean, Cybergrind blind, cosine. Yep, yep, it's 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 amazing. I'm actually surprised that I I do like that it's just Death Trippa, but I'm quite surprised Death Trippa didn't bring in more Cybergrind. Well, you know, uh, additions. To he it. has previously. I mean, previously he has collaborated with Void Dweller, which just makes all the sense in the world. They're on the exact them Vantana Row. Please tell me Zombie Shark Trippa. as well. Yeah, I believe they work together as yeah. well. But yeah, definitely some very like, like duh collaborations. <laughs> that's what. I, that's what I was like with Blind Equation. I was like, of course, Blind Equation's on here. Yeah, this is like hearing Prodigy if it was Cybergrind, but I'll see that comparison and then raise it Death Crips because there's just like the sheer amount of abrasiveness. And the level of experimentation is, is really just far out. Yep. 
Yeah, it's a really hard project to pin down. I even truly, heard it here like truly. Ramstein, corn, and all sorts of crazy stuff. There's a little industrial vibe for sure at points. And you know? new metal to yep. reinforce that corn comparison. Yep. Yeah, yeah, new metal, yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is this is a really hard project to peg, but if you can get in the groove of of hearing something that's really just defying convention, like this is some exciting forward thinking music. I as forward thinking as it gets, honestly. I generally think I generally think that this album, if anything else, is just really fucking fun. You know? Um, I don't like especially just if you are listening to if you're reading the the song titles and listening to the lyrics a little bit. I mean it's just it's great. It's it's a good one to just uh, have fun with. It really is. Yeah, it's it's a fun release. I think that's a good descriptor for sure. Tamagotchi Torture, I think, is probably the strongest track. <laughs> <laughs> great song title, of course. Oh my god, dude! That definitely conjures some imagery of Tamagotchis from like you know thirty years ago, twenty five years ago, I guess it was. Yep. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's like the original I don't know, Pokemon Monster Hunter. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a babysitting thing. Yeah, it's babysitting. That's basically what it was. <laughs> yeah, there's also Gigapet, right? Oh, yeah. Gigapet, I had a Gigapet, thank you. I had one of those, too. Oh, God, I'm showing my age here. But, yeah, I had a Gigapet frog, and that was the shit. <laughs> it, it grew from a tadpole, you know? It's like It's multi-phase, dog, just like a prog song. <laughs> In that way, Gigapets are progressive metal. <laughs> I'm really sorry for that. So yeah, Tamagotchi uh, Torture, very strong. I Forgive You, I like that one quite a bit. Just I think that was one of the more distinct tracks, actually. Yep. The very distinctly kind of EDM sort of prodigy vibe on that one. I'm still putting my money on Crowd Killer. That was pretty goddamn irresistible. And definitely more on like the hip-hop driven mm-hmm. tip as well. Um, the music video for Tamagotchi Torture is really interesting too. I just want to talk about that because apparently him and the director drove out to some like abandoned buildings in Wellington to film, um, but ended up doing it in a forest and then used like a camcorder to get like the Blair Witch aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And then after editing, they had at Cyberboy 666 at their studio using handmade circuit boards to generate real glitch effects experimenting with signals passing through onto an old analog television really cool and interesting editing process for that music video good looking into that bud well I premiered it so (laughs) (coughs) you can go watch that on our YouTube channel so yeah I think Tamagotchi Torture is the one and Crowd Kill is a good one but like Tamagotchi Torture is like the track for the podcast like I, I was just having fun with this record so yeah I just I just like Crowd Kill but yeah let's do that you track. cannot go wrong with any track on that note but the reason I cite that one is in particular Tamagotchi Torture has like a thick like metalcore groove that was specifically inspired by Frontier um, although it kind of has those like drum and bass elements too so we're gonna go ahead and play for you Tamagotchi Torture which is track one from Death Trippa Season which is Death Trippa's new EP that came out back in February here we go. One, two, three, go.
All right, so that was Tamagotchi Torture, which is track one from Death Trippa Season, which is Death Trippa's new EP that came out back in February. So last, we're going to talk about the Mattachine-Mikau split, which is called Eject Modernity, Erase Tradition. So Mattachine are a four-piece metalcore outfit from Fredericksburg, Virginia, featuring members of Infant Island, and Mikau are a three-piece metalcore outfit from Washington, D.C., and, um, man, the Mattachine side, predictably, really good, really heavy, lyrics, powerful as always. Um, but this is, I want to say, just worth noting, this is the strongest crop of songs from Mikau that I've heard so far. They've been a bit too kind of like synthcore attack attack for me previously. Now I feel like it's got a bit more bite. They, I do like the the cyberish kind of effect that they that they have. I do want to say I I do automatically just it might just be like the screamo side of me. I do favor uh, the Medicine a little bit more their tracks. Uh, one thing I do want to specify on this split is a fucking brilliant idea. I love when bands do this. That not only are you doing a split, but you have that like meet in the middle track where it's like no, we're, we're both on the fucking track. Like that is a <laughs> like I I I mean it would be a weird it'd be a weird one if you're pressing a seven inch of this. Like where do you lie that track? Like vinyl would be weird, but other yeah, than that, truly. I think I th- I, right. Think like yeah, well, what you, would you do? Yeah, side um, A obviously. Yeah, side A. That's what I figured too. But like I just I think it's an amazing idea, and that track is uh, has its own identity where I can pick like my favorite Medicine track, my favorite Miku track, and also that one specifically is good. So I don't know. Pretty awesome. Pretty good idea, guys. Yeah, I think the bands really complement each other well in the split. Um, the Medicine stuff is, yeah, super, uh, just like ferocious. It kind of, um, in that kind of, you know, that kind of ferocity and uh, and lyrical content gives me some uh, some hers collective vibes too. I don't know yeah. Yeah, and like you were saying, Mikau, I think this is probably the stronger. Yeah, strongest stuff to date, and uh, I've been sort of lukewarm on everything they've done so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they do it live well too. That's good to hear. Uh, Miku, uh, I I I feel like. Uh, Macau. They they took their their new tracks and they like dipped it into like the movie Hackers from 1994. <laughs> like I just feel like there's such this like cyber element that I really do like. I really hope they keep continuing it. But yeah, just like there's like what is just dip it in the movie. Hackers. I love that for them. Yep, it's good. Yeah, Mattachine, definitely that very breakdown heavy, feedback laden metalcore sound, a la mouth breather, knocked loose. Definitely Macau is on more attack attack inter shikari kind of. What I really liked this time around is that they've added the DJ scratching. Yeah. Like, yeah. Vane has definitely inspired a lot of bands to sort of bring that back, I think. The new metal aesthetics. And yeah, I, I do really appreciate the fact that we've got that collaborative track. Like what 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 could be more collaborative than actually coming together on that on one song in particular for the split or just doing an entirely collaborative split LP like Primitive Man and Full of Hell have done recently where it just makes all the sense in the world. The two most oppressive bands that I can possibly conjure in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. I, I, so naturally with, with when we play these tracks, we're going to play a track from each band. You, everybody listening, do the homework. Not necessarily. Do you want to play the, that one? I mean, I think that we should play the collaborative track personally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ashley says yes. Yeah, so all right. like just to quickly talk about band specific songs first, I mean, like the first songs on both sides of the split are so fucking strong, like homosocial with those lyrics. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Like the, the passion behind those lyrics 
and just like defending homosexuality is very powerful. Um, and Oval Platter, the first track on the Macau side, is just uh, as nasty as hell. I gotta say, vocalist sounding a bit Carson pace paceish. I see that. Yep, pacey. I see that. <laughs> very pacey. Yep, a bit of that pace on there. So yeah, we're gonna go ahead and give you the uh, the collaborative track, which is called Unlucky Channel. And that is from Mattachine Macau's new split EP, which is called Eject Modernity, Erase Tradition. And that came out on February 24th. Here we go. Again, just having some issues monitoring myself here. So that was Unlucky Channel by Mattachine and Mikau. And that's off their new split, Eject Modernity, Erase Tradition. And that came out back in February. So last, we're going to have a little chat with our friend Ashley Levine here of Thin. So Thin, just dropped your new album, Dusk. Which we covered on episode 94. Episode 94. Yes, you did. Thank you for the kind words, gentlemen. Yeah, of course. As always. Of course, yeah. Definitely one of my favorite releases this year so far. So, where did you get your start in music? What was your what was your first band? Was uh, Mary Todd your first band? Uh, like your first like gigging band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so. That was, uh, yeah, that started just me and the bass player and the laptop in about 2010. And we were just do things here and there and uh it was a very 
It was a learning process. <laughs> it started out super rough. For sure. That's like all music is an experiment, basically, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was rough. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that, was, that was definitely the, the first one. So what got you into grindcore? Damn. Um, it's a good question. I, the short answer is, well, is that the short answer? I don't know. Or like basically, extreme music uh, in general. You know, I'll, uh, probably the band Thursday, tell you okay. the truth. They were super influ- like, Thursday. influential for me. Yeah, I still love them. Uh, Full Collapse is probably my favorite album. My boy. Um, yeah, hell yeah. I love Screamo. Uh, I think Levi's a Thursday that, enjoyer. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's, I don't know, that kind of uh, was a, uh, I don't know, what, uh, gateway or whatever to heavy, because it was heavy in a sense, and there was some screaming and whatever, but it was very accessible, you know, because of the melodies. But I think from there, I kind of, uh, and then I and then I saw Hellfest DVD, Hellfest two thousand three, and I that was basically what sealed the deal. What like, a watershed see. moment for so many people. I think I think Hellfest really did themselves a dishonor for not doing that every fucking year because that two thousand three uh, DVD. I myself lent out to numerous friends, and they will say to this day that what got them into like certain bands and stuff, just having that option. Like, yeah, it's such a pivotal release. Like, there's there's very few DVDs that are so important yes. in terms of like modern hardcore and metalcore or whatever. The crazy multiple camera angles, the the, the how they had everything plugged in with the audio. It was yeah, it was really well done. The insane lineup of bands. Like all those bands are some of my favorite bands to this day. Ed Gain. Well, that's the thing. Uh, the the second the, the the second DVD. The first DVD had the main the headliners, but the, the, that second one where they had like Found Dead hanging Ed Gein and everything like all that. All the Syracuse scene. Yeah, it was a lot of like black market activity shit going on on that one. Yes. I really Yeah, the second DVD was really good on that. So. so. Yeah, and so seeing like bands like the Dillinger Escape Plan for the first time live is just like what. Fuck, am I um, seeing? So, so what? Uh, what was the first band you saw live then, like in in that realm? Uh, I uh, it was. <laughs> I remember I was a thing a sophomore in high school, and it was every time I die I was touring on Hot Damn, and so it was, and oh man, to think of it, so Scarlet wow. Scarlet wow. opened. Yeah. It was Scarlet, The Black Dahlia Murder, as uh as two thousand three. Then I assume. 2000 and early 2004, I think, or late 03, okay. something like that. Um, I saw that same tour. <laughs> ridiculous. And uh, and at that point, like, I, because it was my, fr- I was really not digging Scarlet or Black Dahlia Murder. They were too kind of, like, gnarly for me. Uh, and I was like, oh, as of late dying, this is sick. And then, like, every time I die, I was like, oh, hell yeah. But then, you know, and now, I, in retrospect, I was like, oh, Scarlet is amazing and I was gonna know. say Scarlet uh, that's a ferret band I fucking remember Scarlet that was a good reminder right there thank you love them um, so yeah that was that was another big moment it was at the State Theater in uh, St. Petersburg Florida and okay. it was just like wow so many good shows happen in St. Petersburg I want to say or just like in South Florida such a like, good death metal scene out there obviously too so definitely a lot of heavy music out there and that's another thing like just growing up in Florida there's a scene for it and so yeah so what was your like like your gateway to grindcore then specifically <sighs> specifically to grindcore Damn. I think for most people it's probably Pig Destroyer 
I yeah, I'm gonna say probably Pig Destroyer. Um, I you know I, I I don't I did not listen to the you know Prowler and Terrifier etc. when they came out. I'm trying to remember. I I want to say it was I threw on Terrifier like. I don't know why. I'm trying was was Spotify even around then? I feel like I was listening to one of these like, you know, algorithmic like streaming things. Maybe it was early Spotify, I don't know. And I was just like, "Oh yeah, Take Your Story. Of course I've I know them, but like I don't really know them." And it just kind of yeah, it just kind of clicked one day. It was probably 2009, 8 probably or 9. Pan, probably Pandora or something like that yeah. was offering you that. I'd say Pandora. Yeah. Maybe yeah, and like that's when it, yeah, it very much shifted from like, yeah, scream more metal core to like grind core and then just like unpacking what that meant and like you know i don't know and kind of yeah but picture story they're just like one of the <laughs> like for me the end all be all of that of that particular genre um yeah. I, I i gotta say just on that uh on grind core and everything uh on the new thin record i i really 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 love the 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 uber lows that you have going on the there. cookie monster girl the cookie guttural kind of thing um uh, and you use it quite a bit. Uh, is that your? Are you doing the gutturals there as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, Amazing, yeah. man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's something I've. I didn't really expect it. I just kind of was. I tried it and it, and it worked. I, I've been at first. So this the story of that is based. Um, the, I, I played a sh- no. I played a show. I went to a show. I saw this band Afterbirth play. Oh my god, dude! I have everything from Afterbirth. I love that fucking band so much more than uh, what's uh, who's the band that um, Artificial Brain. I'm more on the Afterbirth side, you know. So perfect. So the singer of Artificial Brain is now the singer of Afterbirth, or now uh-huh. he's no longer Artificial Brain. Whatever. So Will, homie, Will, you know Will. He's uh, Will Smith. He's awesome. Will and Smith. So yeah. <laughs> After the Afterbirth show, or but during or whatever, I was like, you know, I was punishing him outside. I was like, dude, how, the, how do you do that, those vocals? And he was like, basically he said, just it's like trying to burp. And I was like, and at first I'm like, is he just like, you know, just saying that to like get me <laughs> to go away or whatever? But I'm like, whatever. And I honestly, that's kind of the basic approach that I started using and I would just kind of use it at practice and just throw it here and there and then just yeah just kind of like I didn't expect it to actually work and so yeah it was kind of kind of stoked that it did why it works well first of all it's just really good lows but I love it because it's such a polarizing side from your frantic shrieking screamo type vocals that you have you know it's a good Um, counterweight it's and honestly actually like uh, kudos because I did not know that was you doing both that's amazing man that's 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 just that's just as hard as like screaming and singing and i feel like in the same track you know going from that fucking ultimate high to that ultimate low it's it's funny uh so the yeah so the highs are in at least in decibels are super loud and the lows i cannot get them as loud Mm -hmm. like in the studio or whatever and so we recorded this album with colin marston and um uh, if, yeah, at uh, Menegroth, a thousand caves in Queens, New York, just legendary stuff. Yeah. Colin is shout out, Colin. Fucking OG. But uh, oh yeah, and so because uh, I didn't, you know, he he didn't exactly know what the vocal styles were going into it, and so he kind of after I did a song or two, he's like he set up 
one mic for the highs and then one for the lows because the highs were so loud and then the lows were so he had to kind of like yeah and get those awesome. two different so awesome. so like yeah, I would be during once actually no I think I did takes that were just highs and lows but I had like kind of two mics <laughs> going on it was That's fucking it was rad <laughs> interesting so what prompted the the moniker change from Mary Todd to Thin and when, when, this is like a kind of a two-part question and would you can also consider it to be like a spiritual successor like the same a continuation or Mm. uh yeah so yeah mary todd just kind of it it was uh i think that kind of end was a slow slow kind of fizzle um it was a project that i think I learned a lot. It was like learning how to just be in a band and do stuff the wrong way and then the right way. And yeah, a lot of just, yeah, figuring stuff out. And so, I don't know, there came a point where it just, there was not, we just weren't productive really. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, the bass player and, uh, and me and the drummer, we just kind of didn't, it kind of just didn't work. Um, and so rather than keep it together, we kind of dissolved it. And then I don't want to say it's, I mean, maybe it's spiritual successor, but I consider them very different things. Very I think, separate. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I think, you know, as far as like the, the way I approach it, like I've, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be overly serious, but it is a more serious thing. It's not as like maybe zany or whatever. And I definitely detected that. Like there's a way more adult themes, less like weed smoking, you know. I'm gonna say nonsense. Mary, but. Mary Todd, like you guys just had like weed leaf and, and logos and yeah. that kind of shit, you know. So it's like yeah. these guys are taking bong loads. And there's no serious lyrical subject. The weed leaf said Mary Todd. Actually, right. it was like a right. Mary Todd and weed. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. It was just I think it was just at a, at a point, and and also just like personally the relationship with. Uh, you know, the three of us just wasn't. It just, you know, it was a time to move on. So, definitely. So, so, so the name. Uh, so the name Thin. Where, where, where did that come from then? Um, I, I wish I knew like exactly the moment, but I just think like, on the one hand, the word it's just like kind of a. There's something about the word that's kind of like strange and like maybe a little sinister sounding and like just off and like maybe you don't know it's a heavy band or whatever and like I kind of mm-hmm. like that it's not mm-hmm. a, you don't exactly know you know and maybe that's not good for marketing yourself I don't know but also it's kind of a, a joke because um we thought like it would be funny uh to after a, you know a, a band plays to go up to them and be like Dude, that was sick. Your tone was so thin. Like, but but act as if it's a compliment. And like, you know, because if somebody says that to you, and you're like, what? What? Like, you know. So, it just kind of, you know, it was just kind of a joke. And did someone say that to you? Did I say that to you? <laughs> yeah. Did we say that? No. <laughs> did I say that on this podcast? <laughs> oh my god, Ashley's tone's a bit thin. <laughs> you're like, no. Thank no, you. I, I really no, appreciate no, that. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so you know, we're just like, yeah, let's just let's just go with it. Uh, it's simple, you know, monosyllabic or you know, one one syllable thing. Those are all the rage. Yep. Uh, I I want to ask you, uh, how did you get hooked up with um, you know the record label that you guys are on right now? And yeah, twelve gauge. Yeah, and twelve gauge has been around for fucking ever. Uh, shout out twelve gauge. Uh, yeah, how'd that work out? Goated label. Shout out Jihad. He's indeed. He's doing the work. Um, I, I, so, you know, we put out Dawn. We 
self-released it in, on 420, 2020, yo. And, um, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I, you know, playing music up until very recently, it's just very, it felt like a very almost solitary thing. I don't know. I just felt like, like for my, you know, self more, like I didn't, I didn't expect people to like, like it basically. And Dude, so Don, like, we, we loved it. We, Don yeah. was, and Don, even the album artwork, everything's amazing of Don. Thank you. So yeah, it, people were liking it. And then after hearing what you all had to say about it, I'm like, it gave me some confidence. So thank you. And I'm just like, you know, what? I'm just going to send this to some labels. Why not? Whatever. And uh, 12 Gauge is one of them. And uh, that, and that was like one, the pretty much the one that I was like stoked on. Like the, mo- the one I thought was the most like uh, realistic and, uh, and, you know, and I was stoked on. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm sending this to Relapse Records or whatever, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which I did not. <laughs> uh, and yeah, basic. And also uh, I, I remembered uh, Robbie from Heavy Heavy Lolo bought a tape. Uh, he had kind of been supporting us. He, he, you know, he keeps, he keeps, he pays attention to like, you Fucking know, he does. And so he like, I noticed like, oh wait, Rob, somebody in California, like Robbie Smith wants, I'm like, whoa, this is the guy from Heavy Low. This is crazy. And Amazing. so, yeah. So, and then 12 gauge, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. They put out Courtsides and Hospital Bomber. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of like, I use that also as kind of like a, an in and I just yeah I just was like hey here's Don you know love the label right I think we would be a good fit and it, he basically Jihad's like yo let's do it and it was, that's yeah it was, so yeah so yeah I owe a lot to y'all too for you know <laughs> for helping me you know think about it not so like introspectively I guess man our pleasure yeah I'm so glad to hear this project continue because I'm loving the just the progression from from the uh, the earlier stuff you know it's really we're getting more um experimental which yep. is what you want to see out of a project ultimately i think like intellectually anyway i think there's like the, the consumer part of you just wants the band to release or you know just um it's easier for you to hear them release the same album over and over again but i think it's more yes. challenging intellectually to have a band actually make a progression and sort of make an attempt to sort of make some stylistic improvements over time. I, I mean, I enjoy my Black Dahlia Murder albums, you know, and I know exactly what I'm going to get every fucking time. Of the band a, just staying to one thing yep. and being good. Every time I get I, 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 Nocturnal, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be a Black Dahlia Murder album, you know? so They're it, a hamburger. Yeah, yeah. Black Dahlia's a hamburger. Yeah. But I can't, <laughs> I don't know what is analogous. I don't know what is analogous to Thin. Sushi? Sushi? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a... It's like a, a taco with a lot of, you know, various... Yeah. Like a, yeah. You know, you guys are your onions we'll go, and cilantro. Like, it's complex. It's like, since like a three, like three pieces. Just go masubi, like a little like simpler, you know, something like that. Masubi. Yeah. But anyways, uh, but uh, uh, so... Um, We're really reaching here. So uh, with your, uh, you, got, you're, you are also label mates with uh, The Wind in the Trees. Um, and you just toured with them. Yeah. Uh, can I ask how that kind of came to be? How awful is David? <laughs> well, you guys, I mean, because you guys fuck with them a lot and you continue to fuck with them, you know? So uh, what, um, what, how'd you guys kind of like link up exactly? Yeah. Um, we, uh, I love the Heads or Zeros. And fucking uh, A, man. David, everything he does, in all seriousness, is, is fucking, is amazing. He's a wizard, man. He's, he's... Fuck yeah! It's just insane the stuff he writes and just the his pedal board and like how you know I'm I'm a kind of a luddite and so I'm I'm afraid of like I you know technical difficulties and shit just is always like a, oh god but 
He's amazing. Um, basically, yeah, I love the heads. And then uh, we played a show with Under the Pier and The Wind in the Trees in Brooklyn um, oh, yeah. in January 2020. <laughs> I think my daughter is all done in the bathroom. I hear that. All righty. Good for you. Good for you. I love that. Uh, and so yeah, we played a show. Yeah. We played a show with Under the Pier and The Wind in the Trees. And I'm like, oh, shit, The Wind in the Trees. I, and, and that's shortly... Oh, no, they had, they had already released uh, The Gift of Brick from the Sky, like, a year prior. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is... You know, for me, it was almost like a continuation of the heads in, in a sense because of Dave and, the, and, you know, his... Like so you too. say, his very, so very identifiable guitar work and tone and stuff so uh yeah i was just like i love this and they they killed it live and uh we just yeah we hit it off and i was glad and i'm like dude i love your shit and i and then yeah and then uh that was kind of it and then uh we uh and then after we linked up with 12 gauge uh we were going into the studio for more stuff and we had a the four-way split that you know we had material for two splits and and i was thinking like dude we should just do a split with the wind in the trees like i like this band a lot i i, I basically it was just me i'm just like dudes we have to do this kudos on just like staying visible that way like it was definitely a good way to just just stay on people's minds to drop that split the four-way split which is very strong by the way and definitely the the twit split was even better Thank you. Yeah, it's we're th- those those two things were we're fortunate to have those things happen. You know, I was again the four way split was just out of a, a nowhere. Vixen Ma was like, "Hey, let's do a split." Like, Shit. Okay, um, but yeah, and so I was like, uh, "Jihad, I want to do a split with this band, The Wind in the Trees. They're really sick." And you know, he was like, "All right." And then he heard their sh- stuff and he said, "Hmm," uh, because oh, at the, they recorded their split stuff at the same time they recorded the tracks for what became Architects of Light. And so Jihad's like, yo, let me hear that stuff. And he's like, all right, I'm going to put that out too. So basically I was just like, Jihad. Amazing. That's what I was hoping was the story. Yeah, y'all are prolific. And yeah, and so, and I was like, yeah, let's tour together. I, it was basically me pestering Dave until he's like, okay. And then, you know, now we're all homies and, you know, we've done two, two pretty much two week tours together. And, you know, it's been, it's been awesome. Absolutely. Great, man. So how did you link up with Fernando? Because I feel like he's been your songwriting partner for a long time now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fernando, uh, the Mary Todd, uh, Mary Todd's uh, old drummer, uh, Josh Harris, moved to California. God damn it! In uh, like yeah, 2016, and so we we're just like, fuck. What you know? Are we gonna be a band? Or and um, Fernando had played in the scene in a band called Dwayne Barry. I'm familiar with the name. Uh, yeah, they're still around, aren't they? Um, they're uh, yeah, kind of metalcore, very mu- every time I die worship kind That's of stuff. One. That's the one. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Unapologetically, uh, they're the guitar player who is now the bass player in Thin has like a you know every time I die tattoo. Basically, Fernando is in that band, and we we had Mary Todd had play some gigs with them, and I'm like, oh, they're pretty sick. Drummer's sick. Let's see if Fer- and and at that point. Dwayne Barry had also stopped, and so we were, we were just like, "Oh, maybe he's not doing anything." And it worked out. Fernando wasn't, and yeah. And then from there, we kind of just kept writing, and it, it's a good fit. And then after Mary Todd dissolved, uh, we were minus bass player and the Dwayne Barry bass player, or sorry, the Dwayne Barry guitar player Andrew joined Thin as the bass player. And because 
Andrew and Fernando had such a history together and they just really, they have such good chemistry. Like it was, it just really works really well. I was about to say the chemistry, Andrew seems like he fits right into what you guys are doing. Like, and I'm really loving how he's playing a way more prominent part on this new album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the bass heavy stuff. I really love uh, stuff that's mixed with like, I don't know, I like the bass forward. Like, uh, sound. I feel like, like it always, you know. shit, shit, a music like this, when you turn, when you have the bass turned up more, I feel like there's always just like a little bit of an added groove just having that bass heavier, you know? Um, yeah, I really do. It. I, yeah. Yeah, I love, like, I love, uh, it didn't even really occur to me until recently, but like that Senza, the Senza album, even a Wormworld turn or whatever, man, that, that bass is just right there. It's just like, and it's, yeah, I don't know. And again, Colin Marson is just incredible. And so. What a, what a choice for you. How did you link up with Colin? Uh, we were, um, so we did, we've done all of our stuff with Scott Moriarty at Backroom Studios and he's like a homie, just the man. And, we were just like, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Kevin's awesome, too. You know, it's Kevin's studio, and Scott is one of the engineers there. Right? And, um... Yeah, go. Um... And, uh... I'm sorry, just lost my train of thought. <laughs> my toddler's wiling out. Um, oh, yeah, it was about looking up with Colin. So, basically, we're like, oh, I wonder... You know, let, let's... Scott's the homie, but, like, let's try another engineer, you know? And we were thinking of hitting up Kurt at God City, uh, which we actually did. We hit up God City. That was kind of our, like, why not? And Jihad's like, let's do it, man. Let's, because, you know, he he's so supportive, man. And and, uh, and so we hit up God, uh, Kurt, and unfortunately, Kurt's schedule did not work. And neither did uh, Zach. Is that the engineer, the other engineer yeah, there? Yeah, Zach Weeks. Yeah, I mean, you know, we would have, you know, we were stoked to work with either uh and unfortunately, this just, it didn't work out because we were we were going on tour, and then Converge was going on tour, so it just didn't work out. And so, um, and then so, another really awesome grind band from New York City, Chapang, um, uh, who I highly recommend. Wait, they're from New York now. Sorry, to yeah, yeah, no, they're kind of they call themselves in the grind core. Their their <laughs> members are kind of from a lot of them from Nepal, but they're from all over. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, Anyway, so they did a lot of stuff with Colin and Shatiz, the guitar player, was like, dude, just, you know, do it. And I'm sure Shatiz also talked to Colin, too, a little bit. But, uh, yeah, and, and I was like, of course, yeah. It, like, Colin and and Kurt Blue, like, in my eyes are, you know, it's equal as far as, like, just how awesome, like, their work is and, like, how, you know, notable and all that stuff. And, and I really, yeah, and I really love how it came out because Colin's a approach is a lot more kind of organic and roomy and just I don't know it was it was a nice contrast from like the more I think polished stuff that we've done uh, at Backroom Studios 100% um, yeah I think it, it, it definitely served you to go with Colin this time especially given the sort of the more experimental I was just gonna say that for lack of a better yeah. word yeah I, I think I think Colin's definitely gonna just do more thumbs up to you just on everything you know I'll give you more room to get outside of what is probably expected of you. Yeah. You know, it allow you to get out of your normal framework. And as a producer, I can imagine he can probably add a lot to, you know, to that specifically. I, I think, I, I think I'd just be nervous recording around Kurt. <laughs> that like, too. 
I mean, nervous recording around Colin too. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, the guy plays fucking two handed all the time. Yep. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like an absolute goon playing my guitar. Yep. <laughs> Trying to do a little sweep arpeggio. <laughs> He's a bit understated. He kind of like, but, and he kind of does his thing. But he, he, I don't know. For us, we barely had to like give much input. He just knows. He just so. Now he just knows. He just knew what we wanted. Just boom, done. It. And a cool guy, and obviously like loves the. You know, we smoked with him and stuff, and he has, he has like a suffocation yes, grinder. It's just like sick. I really enjoyed interviewing him. Like he was fucking chill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, be behold, uh, behold played at a at a gay bar here in town, and it was the fucking. It was just the best, uh, best uh, crowd to you know you, to have a to play to just an unsuspecting crowd is one thing, but uh, with they, Imperial Triumphant, with Imperial Triumphant, dude, it was at the I believe it was like it was something like the it was like True North or Blue Star North Star or something like that. It was in in the Soma District, but at only time the, the Eagle, the Eagle, the Eagle, yes, the Eagle. Anyways, it was a gr- it was a great little set, like uh, maybe like twenty five people there, and it was a great interview. Oh, a bit better than that. Um, solid back hangout area though that's all i remember that yeah, great outdoor area yeah yeah anyways but yeah uh incredible show they they play like they're playing to a, a massive audience and lorenzo from odious mortem was there yep yep shinfo. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah it's just and his studio is so cool he you know it's his apartment and uh oh uh, no shit yeah and it's it was it it's wild if somebody the the, the previous the previous uh <laughs> Got two screaming kids here. The previous tenant built it as a recording studio, like back in the seventies or something, and then Colin moved into it. I was like, "How the fuck are you getting by with all your neighbors in an apartment complex doing screamo vocals and shit like that?" It was, uh, it was built like by somebody into that. Sorry, I'm just gonna move to another room. All good. Yeah. So, what were your, some of your biggest inspirations, like lyrically, for this album? It seems like this is a really—it's much darker, more menacing, ominous. I can't remember the, the descriptor you used earlier, but it was apt. Yeah. Uh, the, it's, it's just yeah, like darker in general. Yeah, d- definitely. Um, for both albums, I'm just kind of being super personal because I don't—I can tell. I don't know what else to, <laughs> I you know I. Yeah, lyric, especially for heavy music, lyrics can be very throwaway, and uh, I don't know. I don't I don't love that. You know, I it it I like when bands also have good, even if I can't always understand it. <laughs> no, but I, I like when because it just makes me believe the, you know it, like almost the suspension of belief or whatever. So there's something about that. It's almost like when I'm watching wrestling or something, like old wrestling. No, I don't know. There's just like, I believe it. And so I just want to do something that I actually believe. And so, you know, I have to do something super, super personal. And so it's, it's very difficult. Um, it's basically just about growing up. My relationship with my mom wasn't good. Um, had a bad, I had a bad childhood. <laughs> I can, you know, kind of leave it at that. But uh, it's just reflecting on that. And uh, I, you know, I... I wrote in like the description that kind of is up on Death Wish and various you know publications. It's the kind of intersection of uh, nostalgia and trauma because I think they kind of go hand in hand. Because at least for me, I think back to some these times that were you know hard, but at the same time, you kind of have this rosy lens in some ways because there were some 
at the same time, like, you know, there was, there were good times and, you know, you think fondly of places that also have other kind of connotations. And so I was kind of grappling with that because, you know, I didn't want to just be like a boohoo or, you know, what, I don't know. I I didn't want it to be too one dimensional, if that makes sense. And so I was trying to like give this give and take and, and yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Growing up in in Florida basically is what what it's about. It sounds, it sounds like, just being deeply introspective has paid off stylistically for you as a musician, like considering that Mary Todd is very surface level or seemingly surface level anyway, in, in retrospect, what, what inspires, like, what do you, what are you like trying to channel when you're working on like a thin song? Damn, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know if I have a, and it can't, it doesn't have to be like metal specific even because sometimes I'm really inspired by, shit that's completely outside of you know like metal yeah well i so okay thinking about it like that like yeah i mean i love well okay so a band like chat pile i think they are doing something super interesting it seems raw and personal in a sense but also this but the lumbering and brooding too i really love that aspect i think that uh, when I went into the studio, um, their their LP wasn't out yet, so it was the, uh, one of the EPs, the the one that Dallas Beltway is on. That was just on my mind a lot, and and so uh, that was something I was yeah, challenging. Yeah, remove your flesh, please. I think or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, that so that was something on my mind a lot. But also like, but thinking about like the kind of lyrics and a little 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 bit of storytelling. Uh, I you know I I love roots and music and uh it seems like this is a bit of a a cinematic quality yeah yeah i I guess so um i didn't think about it like that uh but yeah i i I guess it it could be i I guess and also because it's so short i'm trying to really condense what for me is kind of a complicated image and narrative into like very short little thing and so prose poetry Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, I really like uh, Blaze Foley. I don't know if you're familiar with with him, but he's 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 no no longer living, but kind of a Americana folk kind of kind of person. So I, I like stuff like that. That I don't know. There's something again more storytelling and personal about that. And I also like to play that kind of music, and that's why uh, the releases have had you know various stringed whatever doodly doodlies on them because <laughs> that's another one of my interests. So I assume you're into. Um... Do you enjoy Jim Harrison? Uh, I don't. I don't know that I know of Jim Harrison. He is very famously well. What you might know him for is "Barking," which was sampled by "Dead in the Dirt." Oh, 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 okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just not. You know, it's not as familiar. Um, I think he would really enjoy it. I think it would. I think that would be something that would really enhance your life if you enjoy. It. Uh, that kind of Americana folk sort of prose. Um, So yeah, uh, Levi, you got anything you want to No. So what's, uh, what's next for thin? Oh God. Um, Dude, let's go to Japan. Let's go to wherever. Uh, I think you would do well. Oh yeah. Japan would be fucking awesome. They would love you. You're like a weirdo grindcore. I want to go to the West Coast. I want to go to out where y'all are. I want to. I just want to go to the West Coast. I've never really 
been there, generally speaking, just very brief periods. And yeah, I want to play some shows and go to Berkeley. I would get in touch with Robbie. I, I can give Robbie a nudge and be like, help, you know, help him out. <laughs> cool. So yeah, we, the last couple things have been DIY extreme, you know, and so, and you know, I guess this one could be too, but I'm trying to look for a little help. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I would want... love to see you out here. Hell yeah. Cool. So, um, definitely listen to dusk which is out now via 12 gauge records, the venerable, the one and only 12 gauge records. <laughs> um, Ashley, thank you so much for being on. Is there anything else you want to plug? Oh. You guys got anything coming up? Any tours or shows? Yeah. Uh, Finn is playing uh, in uh, New Jersey city on April 3rd. And um with this really sick band Trophy Hunt. Uh, they're also from New York. Ides from New Jersey and this uh, newer, kind of newer screamo band called Pyre. So I don't know. Pyre, I do not know, but I do know Ides because that's the bassist of Inside the Beehive. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're all, yeah, homies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're playing with them. Yeah. And then on the 8th, uh, we're playing at St. Vitus with Dead Hour Noise because they're coming through. So... Homies, love them. I love Dead Hour Noise as well. I love yeah. St. Vitus. I do too. What a great... Just see, just seeing, just hearing St. Vitus and the history. Your, just seeing your face, actually, it's the last time I saw you was at St. Vitus. So. <laughs> I guess it was for me. No, maybe it was Gold Sounds. Was it Gold Sounds or was it Vitus? So you, yeah, Gold Sounds. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, we played uh, the day after the last Dill Hunter show or something. Yeah. Yeah. My God. <laughs> Amazing. That was wild. All right, man. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. Really loved having you. A long time coming, honestly. Like many of our guests recently, I'm like, God damn it. Yep. Why have we not done this? We should have interviewed you on like the last four album cycles. Oh, dude. Uh, I this. No, maybe it makes sense now. You know, I have a lot to, to reflect on, talk about. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, seriously, I really appreciate it. This is awesome. Of course. My pleasure. Our pleasure. I'll speak for Levi as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> God damn Thanks, it. Thanks, Levi. God damn it. <laughs> so, uh, I guess that about wraps it up. But before we go, just a quick reminder. If you made it all the way to the end of the podcast, kudos. And if you enjoyed it, please do me a solid and go leave us five stars on Spotify. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions or comments or submissions send us an email to mathcoreindex at gmail.com and uh, please check out our Patreon if you want to get some cool benefits get on our Discord and uh, join on the live cast and uh, sort of contribute live in the comments which we love we love reading them so I guess that about wraps it up for the 95th episode of MathCast I'm your host Christian and I'm your co-host Levi and we'll be back in a couple weeks with some more sick underground bands Good night and stay beautiful <laughs>